Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Hood. For many this week will be the start of something new and challenging. Many people have already started working from home due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And starting this week, daycares and schools across Canada are closed for at least three weeks, potentially more. This means parents will now play an even larger role in their child's education, becoming their teacher. Today's guests are experts when it comes to homeschooling. We're joined by Gerald Hubner of the Manitoba Association of Christian Homeschools. He's also the chairman of the board of the Homeschool Legal Defense Association of Canada, and he's part of the Global Home Education Council. We're also joined by his daughter, Diane Craker, who is a homeschool mom of four children and was homeschooled herself from grade 1 through 12. They'll give us tips and advice today on how to make sure our children are comfortable and well-educated throughout this global pandemic. That's today on Connections. Today we're joined by a pair of experts when it comes to homeschooling. We're joined by Gerald Tubner, who is with the Manitoba Association of Christian Homeschools. We're also joined by his daughter, Diane Craker, who was also homeschooled herself from grades 1 through 12. We're going through something that um, I'm going to say basically no one has really gone through um, in their lifetime. We're going through a pandemic that is forcing a lot of us to be isolated at home and I know a lot of our listeners homeschool already so there's not a ton of change for them but for someone like myself who does not homeschool or a lot of other parents out there things are definitely going to change for people their kids are going to be at home and this could potentially last for months what do you say to these parents that are now um, turning into official homeschoolers well first of all I would say don't panic Uh, panic is something that virtually every parent that chooses to home educate their children experiences often. Uh, and then we have over the overlay of a, what that word that everybody is using now, unprecedented events that uh, none of us know where it's going, how it's going to turn out, what it's all going to entail. That panic, that uncertainty is, is pervasive and over top, uh, top of all this. But I want to tell you that, um, that you can do this. Uh, the experience uh, of people homeschooling through difficult times of disease and financial hardships and all of these things has been done around the world, and it can be done. Uh, so don't panic. You are equipped, and you can do this. Where do we start? You start by taking a deep breath and taking a few days to relax, because you need to be able to have an atmosphere of learning in your home. And that, as much as the teachers and the schools will help, parents need to provide an atmosphere. And to be able to create that, you need to take a few days and develop a different relationship with your children, not as a principal and a teacher, but as a mom and a dad who love their children. And it takes a few days to relax and to to deal with that uncertainty of your children saying, well, the teacher said that I should do it this way and and all of those kinds of things. And and yes, you want to, you know, work with the materials that you're given, but take it take some time to relax and develop a relationship and have fun as the advice of my uh, 13-year-old granddaughter was last night. I know. We pulled our kids out of school a week ago, and by day two, I was already being called a horrible teacher by my five-year-old daughter. Uh, for people out there that are going to be in the same situation this week, what are some ways that we can ease our children into this new experience? Well, I, for myself, I have four kids. I've I've heard that way too many times. Um, and I would say the number one thing for me is that I always have to prioritize 
And I put priority on character training above academics. So when I make a plan for my education of my children, then character training comes first. So if if their character and their relationships are not going well, I will work on that before I work on academics. There's some days we only work on character training. We read the Bible scriptures together. We find interesting ways to talk about patience. We talk about authority. We talk about respect. We talk about learning. And learning those skills first makes everything so much easier to teach. Dan, last week I know I was really struggling with my daughter. She called me a horrible teacher twice during the week because I didn't know what I was doing. And eventually she initiated her schoolwork. How can other parents do this? And and how can we get them interested in wanting to do this work from home? I found for myself that when things get really tough, um, the first sign that the kids aren't learning is, is that resistance. And one thing that's been really helpful is to unschool or de-school the children. Um, sometimes I get too strict. Sometimes the school is too strict. There's a lot. There's just too much academics. And we will take a week, a month off of all workbooks, all formal education. Um, and that doesn't mean I just let them play video games all day. What that means is that I just let them be creative and let them be kids. And it's scary to do as a homeschool parent or as any parent, but I can tell you, as somebody who's been homeschooling for nine years already, that it works. It is weird, but it works. At the end of a month off of school, I've seen my kids go from not reading to reading. Oh, wow. we, all we did was read books. They never read books. Sometimes they'd look at books. Um, but what they were doing is they were creating things, they were discovering things, they were watching educational movies, they were playing with their siblings, they were making artwork, and all these things don't seem like education, but they are, because their brains are getting reset back to creativity and back to curious. And when they're curious and creative, that's when you start teaching, and it just they just absorb it. So even when we may think that we're not doing anything and they're, and they're losing all of this knowledge, they're really not. They're really not. No, I was on bed rest for 20 weeks, and I thought my kids, I would have to set them back a grade or I'd have to push them to, you know, do two lessons a day. Or, I mean, I couldn't teach them for quite a while. Um, and somehow, because of the fact that I just loved on them, I just provided creative opportunities for them, they all ended up actually being ahead of where they were supposed to be. And I think some of that is God fills in the gaps. He cares about them just as much, if not more, than us. And secondly, kids learn through play. They learn through creativity. They learn through going outside and running around. And going back to the faith, how can we instill that every day into our homeschooling as we go forward? I think that as our children see us and our faith, that's what teaches them. In Deuteronomy, it it says that we should teach as we... It, it doesn't say that we should teach in desks, that we should teach in rows, that we should teach in pews. It says that as we rise up and as we lie down, as we walk along the road, as we go along our life, our children need to see us struggling with this, this thing that we're afraid. And they need to see us depending on the Lord. 
And, and speaking of being afraid, I know us as adults are afraid, but I know a lot of children are currently afraid of this whole situation. How do we still teach them when they're dealing with all of these extra, with all of this extra stress? I think when they see us living, when they see us continuing to do the things that we need to do, when they see us continuing to depend on the Lord, when they see us reaching out and, and calling our friends and our neighbors and encouraging them, uh, they will be encouraged. I, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's one verse, there's many verses that, that they need to hear us putting into practice in our lives every day. Well, and the other thing too is to talk about this pandemic, but not to hide the information from them and not to give them the scary bits, but to talk about it as a historical event. I went over, my kids are a little bit older than yours, but I went over the history of pandemics with them in a very factual way. Um, and it went over really well. They understood how back in history a lot of people died, but that was a lot of it to do with their living conditions and to do with how the world was back then. And then talk about the things that we have in place to keep us safe nowadays. And it's a, it's, a, it's a school lesson, but at the same time, it's reality set in a very loving way. And how can we incorporate the situation that's going on without overloading them or scaring them? Well, I think it's one, number one, you don't give them too much information. It's so hard because we're wanting to watch the news all the time. Um, and number two, pray with them, pray over them, um, try and find ways to make them know that God is with them. Um, God can hold their hand. Um, in the past, I've had children that were scared of being in the dark, right? And you set up a, you ask God to set up a gate at their door to protect them. And it's, find a way to put it in their language for their age, but really just talk about ways that you can do good in this time and refocus their attention on how can you help others? What can you do for others? Going back to the whole homeschool aspect of things, and you guys were speaking about uh, atmosphere near the beginning. When we're setting up to be prepared to teach our kids from our home, when it comes to atmosphere, describe what we should be doing. The way that I would phrase it is don't try to run a school in your home. And, and this is not to criticize school uh, at all. Uh, but school is designed for, for multiple children in an environment uh, where it's not a home. In your home, it doesn't fit. So don't try to replicate it. Um, try to create an atmosphere where every aspect of what you do in your home is part of learning. And Winston Churchill actually said many years ago that, that learning has little to do with school. And education has little to do with school. And again, it's not to criticize because I think there's, there's phenomenal teachers and, and I would encourage people to use the resources that are available. Uh, but to re- recognize that, that you're cooking and you're doing things in the home, whether that's fixing something or whether that's reading about something or whether that's uh, being able to in some small way involve your children in seeing what work is about and doing chores around the home. Uh, that is all part of learning. It's not necessarily part of schooling, uh, you know, in what we traditionally think, but but think about it in a different kind of way. And there's huge resources uh, throughout the web as far as this whole, how do you incorporate uh, learning in life throughout the day? Well, and one other thing I wanted to mention was that it's okay for your kids to be bored. That's part of the atmosphere. We We need to make sure we don't work too hard to fill up every minute of their day with 
parent-led activities. To fill up their days with child-led activities sometimes requires them to walk around bored trying to figure out what to do and to let them come up with creative ways to entertain themselves and to figure out what's going on and to respect the fact that the parents are busy. Colleen, you asked, how do we create the atmosphere? Yes. Um, Each family needs their own, and it will look different for each family. Uh, There's some families that are very scheduled, and they want to have checklists and and things that they work through, and and other families, that will drive them crazy. Um, so it's important for, for you to figure out what will, what will work in your home. Take a look, talk to other people, but, but first of all, don't rush into it. Just start slowly, and if, if there's something that I would suggest for families to do with their children is read. Take time and read to your children. Uh, read good books, read literature, read the Bible, read stories. Uh, there's so much that's available, and read out loud even to older children. And share that together, that time where you sit and cuddle and and read stories together. And if you do nothing else for the first week, then spend a lot of time reading. The parents and the children will benefit. Yeah, a lot of homeschoolers do what's called a morning basket. And it's basically a basket full of their morning devotional, their read-aloud book, and maybe a few other things that they want to go over with all their children. And I've found... Time and time again, I talk to different homeschoolers, different homeschool gurus that are really good at telling people how they can do this and giving advice, and a lot of them have a morning circle time or a morning basket, and it involves a lot of read-alouds. When it comes to older children, there's obviously the reading available, but older children really don't play with with toys and stuff. You, you don't have that kind of thing to occupy them. What do we do about those older children so that they're not on screens or on a television, so that they're actually involved in their schoolwork and, and learning still. Yeah, like read-alouds, like my father said, are huge. Um, we tend to forget about reading aloud to the kids once they're capable of doing it on their own. Uh, but I found it's really powerful to sit down and read a book to your older kids. And don't just pick a book because it's a classic or because it's educational. Pick a book that you as a parent just can't wait to read to your child. Pick a silly book. Pick a fascinating book. Pick one with a cliffhanger at the end of every chapter. Um, Those are the ones that really get you all excited about it, because I really did hate read-alouds. But I found some books that were fascinating enough that I started to kind of enjoy it. Um, But also, beyond that, for those older children, there are, I would say, start with art, crafts, creativity, and see if you can get them back to playing. My uh, 13 and a half year old, sometimes I'm too old for toys, but if you give her a challenge or if you sit down and start playing with them, sometimes they'll keep playing. You'd be amazed how old they'll play with toys if they have nothing else to do. But uh, And use the screens to jumpstart. So watch things that pique their curiosity, uh, science experiments that they can do at home, art projects that they can copy along, um, interesting videos about nature, animals, cool places in the world, museum tours. Maybe have them plan your family's greatest road trip ever for post-virus travel and 
have them make a plan. It might be on the computer, but they're using creativity. They're using their brains. They're using their minds. And so utilize screen time in a positive way because I don't think you're going to keep them off the screen completely. Yeah, that's interesting. In my household, we, we're we strict. We, we, they've never really played with an iPad. The only opportunity they get is for FaceTime and grandma. Um, so it's been interesting trying to introduce that in our household because it's something that we've never used. What about other households that are in situations like that? Well, just some, uh, some other practical sub- suggestions, Colleen. Um, get the kids to create a movie or a video for their grandparents or for other relatives that they can send to them and, and encourage them. You know, just get them to, to act something out, get, make a scrapbook, uh, um, make a family tree, um, find something that they're interested in studying and have them develop a study of that. If they're interested in horses, then a, a horse study, the, the biology of horses, the history of horses, the, the, um, uh, literature of horses, what do they eat, the, all of those things that surround that, they can study something like that in depth and go just dive into it, particularly for older children. I, if you're searching on the Internet for ideas, what that's called in the homeschool world is a unit study. And there's many, many resources on how to do a unit study. And so you learn language arts, you learn science, you learn geography all through one subject. You actually only study one subject, but you're going over all those skills at once. Do you feel that uh, once this the situation that we're all dealing with is over, that, that we'll see a shift to more parents homeschooling? We, we don't. We don't know. Um, as this has been progressing, uh, the numbers of people, the numbers of children at home are are beyond our comprehension. We have we've had about two million children in the world involved in home education in the last number of years. But we're now up close to one billion children that are at home. It's the, the numbers are just beyond our comprehension. What we do know is our world will change. How it will change, it's up to the people. And I think that, that home education for each family is a difficult, significant choice and can't be taken lightly. And I I think that people, this is a way to, to test, the, te- put your toes in it a little bit and see, but it's an opportunity to do th- something special for a little while, or maybe for a long while, but uh, for as a family. And I would just encourage people to make use of that opportunity. And also to note, the homeschooling that we are all doing right now, even people who regularly homeschool, is different. Um, our homeschooling has changed significantly. We... We right now are feeling isolated because we can't go out and do all our extra activities. We have a homeschool co-op that we attend once a week with a group of homeschoolers. Uh, we can't do that. And so even for homeschoolers, this life looks different. So for the people at home that are currently homeschooling, this isn't what a day-to-day homeschool life looks like either. For those who are wondering the benefits of homeschooling, what would you say once once this pandemic is over and we're back to somewhat of um, a normal life? Homeschooling provides learning in a flexible environment that is tailored to a child's uniquenesses. And it, it allows those opportunities to be tailored to that child and to that family. It allows for a strengthening of the relationship between the child and the parent, but also a strengthening of the relationship between the child and their siblings. Um, my kids are so close to each other, and 
That is one thing I've seen in pretty much every homeschool family I've met is that the siblings are super close. They're together all day. If they have an argument, they can't just run off to school and forget about it. They have to work through it. There's no other choice. Uh, So they learn how to get along and they learn how to play together. And they also learn how to spend time and be friends with different ages because they're not around only their age group. They're around adults and they're around kids. And it's amazing to see, you know, the 13-year-old gets together with the neighbor kids and she just happens to hang out with the 5-year-old and nobody thinks anything's weird about it. And the two questions that I get is, one is, how do I know that I'm doing enough and how do I motivate my children? And that's worldwide, whether you're in an Arab country or whether you're in Winkler, Manitoba. Uh, the the other question is, what about socialization? And the the answers to those questions, the first one, socialization, which is the biggest question everywhere, is that home education prepares children for life in a multi-age uh, integrated environment. And socialization is not an issue. That's it's it's actually prepares children to be to be well prepared and are socialized. And in terms of how do I know I'm doing enough? Uh, that's everybody's concern and. Uh, and you need to simply do it as Deuteronomy says, do it diligently and continue to do it your way. And uh, one of the summaries that I would give you, Colleen, is is people say, well, you know, why does it work? And the research recently, we had a conference where a number of researchers presented not just how it, they, the fact that it works, you know, academically, the testing and all those kinds of things, but why does it work? The summary is that it's because parents love their children like nobody else on earth does. And it's because of that love and pouring that love into their children that it does work. And that's why I would say to parents, you can do this. Because you're pouring your love like no one else can in this world into your children every day that they're at home in a way that, that you have been prepared for and that, that you are, are given that. And in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, it says, For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. For those who want to learn more about homeschooling uh, and just where they can find resources, how can they go about doing that? Well, here in Manitoba, the Manitoba Association of Christian Homeschools has a website, uh, machs.ca. And if you go to our national website, hslda.ca, you'll find resources there. There's also Facebook pages that the Manitoba Association has. Uh, that have daily tips and information. And uh, so there's there's information that's coming out every day on this. There's similar associations in Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan Home-Based Educators in Alberta, the Alberta Home Education Association. All of them have websites with, with huge amounts of information that's being added to every day. Uh, and if you have questions, just send them. And, and parents would love to be able to, to share with you some of their experience and be, to be able to help. So much great information. Thank you so much for joining us today, Gerald and Diane. Remember, if you want to listen to the full conversation, you can always do that by visiting your radio station's website. We'll talk to you again on Connections.